You're listening to the Simple Pen Podcast, Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Simple Pin Podcast. I'm your host, Kate All. I'm the owner and founder of Simple Pin Media. We are a Pinterest management and marketing company that helps you find and convert your perfect person on Pinterest. Today's episode is so fun and packed with a great story from Beth of Entertaining with Beth. She's going to talk to us about how she sees Pinterest like Vegas. You got to play the game the right way because the house always wins. We're going to talk about how that story came up, how I discovered Beth's amazing pumpkin recipe and how that led to this podcast. So I hope that you listen to her story and it helps you in some way really figure out how to make Pinterest marketing work for you to where it doesn't feel so frantic. It doesn't feel like you're spending hours per day. I just really wanted Beth to share with you where she's at in her Pinterest marketing journey and what she's learned along the way and what the impact of story pins has been on her business. So with that, I also want to let you know that here at Simple Pin Media, we have a lot of free resources for you. We have our start guide. We have our image guide. We have a promoted pin guide. And we have the famous Simple Pin Pinterest planner. So if you go to simplepinmedia.com and you look at the top and you see the free resources section, all of those are free guides for you to get to help serve you wherever you are at in Pinterest marketing. So you can quickly find that by going to simplepinmedia.com or you can find it with the show notes today, which are at simplepinmedia.com slash 216. That's episode 216. And I just want to take this time to thank you so much for listening to the Simple Pin podcast for as long as you have, or maybe this is your very first episode. Our goal here really is to give you solid, grounded information about how to do Pinterest marketing well in your business so that it's not all consuming, but it is very smart and strategic to help you grow. So if you have not left a review in iTunes for us or your favorite podcast player, we would love for you to do that for us. We'd be so honored to be able to share with other people who are either new to Pinterest or are struggling with their Pinterest marketing. So the more reviews we get, the more people will see the Simple Pin podcast. So we'd love it if you would take time to do that today after you listen to today's episode. With that, let's dive into my interview with Beth as we talk about why Pinterest is like Vegas and the house always wins. Hey, Beth, welcome back to the Simple Pin Podcast. Thanks for having me, Kate. It's always great to connect with you. Oh, I am so excited to chat with you about our exchange. So before I tell the story of how this podcast came to be, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So I'm primarily a video creator. So I launched my YouTube channel in 2012 doing recipe content. So I do recipe content for quick and easy meals as well as entertaining. And I had been doing that for, I don't know, probably about five years or so, never had a blog. And then I went to a few blogging conferences and started speaking with the women there and just realized like how much more of an opportunity I was missing by not having a blog. So then I launched the blog uh, about three years ago and then just through a series of, you know, conferences and webinars, 
really got into this sort of blogging world and what it took to actually be successful. And that's where I got involved with listening to your podcast, Kate. Thank God. I mean, you totally helped me come up with like how to even leverage Pinterest. And so I've been, you know, actively pinning and going through the waves of Pinterest for the last three years. Yeah. And we did a podcast. I want to say it's like two years ago now. So it was right after you really started blogging. But what appealed to me so much about what you did was was your videos and was how you were taking these videos and putting them into the blog and then trying to really find this cohesive bridge between blog and YouTube and really trying to incorporate all of it, which was so inspiring for me to watch. And we will link to that past episode in the show notes. But today I want to talk about... So this is a little bit of the history of how this came to be. So I was on Pinterest. Um, I just recently remodeled my kitchen. And so after three months of no kitchen, I was like, I am going to bake something. I don't care what it is. I'm going to use an oven and it's, I'm not going to cook frozen food. I'm going to make something from scratch. (laughs) Oh, so I opened up Pinterest and, um, I had searched, no, it wasn't even I had searched, you were right at the top. And just recently, you know, Pinterest introduced the story pin bubbles at the top. And I was like, oh, there's Beth. I love Beth. Click. And then you had this pumpkin bread, which looked amazing. And so I clicked through the story pin. And as we all know, story pins don't link. And I was instantly like, I need this recipe right now. So I went to your profile because that's where it prompted me to go. And I was like, man, Beth is really killing it with these story pins. Like she has a lot over here under activity. And so of course, I because I was desperate for this pumpkin bread, I went to your site and found it and made it. And for everybody listening, I'm going to link to it in the show notes because it was so good. <laughs> good, isn't it? It's like the swirly twirly fall treats that you just can't help yourself. Oh, can't help myself. And like all of us were in the kitchen. We were like, we've never had anything so amazing. Most likely because we had been eating like chicken nuggets and like egg rolls for days. Oh, no. So I emailed you about this, about your story pin, um, just strategy. I was like, hey, you're really diving into this and really like embracing it. Like, tell, tell me a little bit more about this. And I have to say this, and this is why we titled the podcast this, is you said these platforms are like Vegas in that the house always wins. So you just have to be smart playing the game they want you to play in a way that benefits the creator too. So, so true. Tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> so I, I like everybody else, when Pinterest changed their algorithm and they were just really focusing on new content, I went down that crazy road of creating three different images for the same URL and going through my whole archive. And like, in some cases, I didn't have three different images. So then I'm like spending all this time on Canva, like trying to create three different I was like, this is like the most insane thing. Like, not only did I not have a ton of time for Pinterest before, but this, I really didn't have time for three times the amount of work. And at the same time, I got this email from Pinterest asking if I wanted to be involved in their story pin beta. So I guess the story pins were out there. You could link to them. Then they kind of pulled it. They weren't really promoting it. And then they relaunched it. So I had heard rumblings about these story pins just from like a lot of the Facebook group books, uh, groups that I'm in, Facebook groups. And I was like, well, I, this makes no sense to me. So you put all your content up there for free and you don't get to link. Like, why would someone go through that? And, but I thought, well, you know what? Right now, my little like three 
new three new images per URL strategy is not working at all. So might as well see what they have in store with this. And I think participating in the beta really helped because you had weekly office hours. There were times for questions. They would critique the story pins. So I said, okay, fine. I will give it eight weeks and see like what this does because I can't be doing any worse than I am now. My pitch is traffic had totally tanked. I was getting no reach on the still pins. I mean, it was like really pathetic. And I was pretty much like almost done with Pinterest, to be honest. I was just like, I don't have time for this. So I said, well, I'm just going to do the beta. So as I sat through these sessions, I just kept thinking, you know, they're so intent on having this work that whether I like it or not, this is what they're doing. And if I don't get on this train, like they're not going to care about my whining and complaining about why I can't link to my site. I better just do what they want because I have a feeling that Pinterest knows how important creators are for their platform. They're going to give me something in return. And I didn't really know exactly what it was, but for them, they were promising increased follower growth, which I can tell you a hundred percent. The story pins do that. When I started, I was at like maybe 14,000 followers and now it's at like close to 47,000. Yeah. And that's only within like two to three months. Yeah. So I said, okay. So that was like sort of my first like, okay, follower growth. This is good. I can now have more followers that are going to see my crazy three image per pin strategy that maybe will help what I'm doing. So I sort of like continued to do both for a while. But I think it wasn't until I started seeing the crazy amount of impressions that these story pens were getting. And because I was part of this beta, I couldn't do it like halfway. I couldn't do what I see a lot of big bloggers do right now that are sort of like halfway dipping their toe in the yes. pin, where they'll do like two images and then they'll, they'll paste the link in there. Even though it's just like, okay, God love them for trying. But like, it's such a bad user experience because the user thinks it clicks and it doesn't. And it also just looks kind of wonky because you can't even really copy and paste it. Like, it's just not a good experience. And because I'm in this beta and the folks at Pinterest are like, do not do that. Do not do that. And it just made me think like over time, those pins will just be deprioritized because they're not really following by the rules. So I just dug right in. I said, okay, fine. I am going to give my all to these story pins. And with food content, you're really judged on whether a recipe works or not. So I couldn't, you know what I mean? Like, had you made that and it turned, had you made that pumpkin bread and it turned into a total disaster, like you would have had a judgment on that recipe and probably me as a creator. So I thought I have to, in addition to giving the ingredients, which they let you do, and now it's so much easier. You can copy and paste from your desktop before you had to type that all in. And oh, yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> Which was the other, like, ice pick in the eye. I was like, there's no way I am going to do this. Um, so that the visual will then tell the method, you know? Yeah, so that's kind of, like, how I see it. And then they give you 20 tiles, 20 little pages, so you can really, like, elaborate. And as I started doing that, I would see, like, tens of thousands of impressions on these story pins, which was a lot more than the like 500 I was getting on the static pins, right? And then I would also see a lot more engagement. So I would start to see like comments on story pins that I would never see on static pins. And so I just kept going and they kept saying, well, do one a week, you know, see how it goes. Well, I just started doing one a day. I was like, I'm seeing so much more traction from this than anything. So it became so much easier to create them too. So I just was like, it's taking me like 20 minutes. And I just committed to doing one a day. 
not doing the crazy repinning strategy. Like I just totally abandoned that. And the only thing I was pinning that was static was new content. So, and I started to see story pins that had anywhere from 100,000 impressions to millions of impressions with, you know, 30,000 saves on a pin. And I just kept thinking, I'm not getting that visibility anywhere. Right. <laughs> you can't even get that on Instagram right now. <laughs> I don't even get that on TikTok. And TikTok right. is like giving away views. Like it's so easy sometimes to get a viral hit on TikTok, but I wasn't even getting it that, that there. And more importantly, and this is sort of the big punchline to all of this, is I started looking in my Google Analytics and realized where in the summer, my Pinterest traffic had totally tanked, which I think is kind of what I've seen anyway, just the way that Pinterest traffic is, but it was like really worse than it had been in years past. My Pinterest traffic after doing all these story pins had increased like 40%. And my direct traffic just to my site was up 241%. So that told me that people were doing exactly what you did. Yes, <laughs> you did the path. You clicked on the story pin. You went to my profile. You clicked on my website. And so I see that as referral traffic just from my Pinterest account page. But then I also just see direct traffic of people typing in entertainmentbeth.com. And I'm not doing anything different than what I had done. So I really credit it back to Pinterest is still driving traffic. They're just coming in through the front door as opposed to the back door. Well, and to that point, I think as a user in that moment, um, and one of the things we've experienced with Pinterest before is that we would click on a pin and it would be just a dead link. And that has been a frustration for pinners for a long time is like, I want this, but it doesn't go anywhere. And you even try to use the visual search. Well, that gives you more pins that also don't link anywhere. And so having this story pin, what it did and my experience was I follow, I looked at all the pictures of you kind of walking through making this particular bread. And I went, I can make this. I have all the ingredients. We can, this doesn't seem that hard. And then I go to your profile and I look around a little bit of it. I think I even actually went to your, um, if you have a breadboard or a pumpkin breadboard, I can't remember what it was. So I went there too and I looked around and eventually I was like, forget this. I'm just going to go to her site. So I went to the top, clicked on the URL from your profile and went to your website. And I think when Pinterest had said that story pins were a solution for those pins with a dead link, I now get it because I had a pathway. And when pinners are really intent on getting something for themselves, they will pursue it until they reach it. And they will, it's kind of like, um, you know, we think that's the thing of Pinterest. Pinterest is a self-serving platform to the person who uses it. They're very interested in just how it serves them. They're not interested in following people because they're enamored with them. But now, you know, to, well, I'm taking a little sidestep from that. But with these story pins, they might be more prompted to follow people they because are. you've served them, they right? Are. Like. Your recipe was a win. So I'm going to follow you. (laughs) Well, the thing that I have found, and this is what's so crazy, and this was where I really, you have to have the mind shift, is before we were trained and, and, and it proved itself that Pinterest was a search engine. You just went 
to look for something, you clicked on it, you maybe went to the website and you bounced right off. You printed the recipe and off you went. But what the story pin does, rather than like courting all these little one night stands, which is what the Pinterest graphic was, you're actually building relationships with people because they get invested in your story pin because you can use your own little humor and vernacular, however you talk to like engage them in these pins. I also have found that Pinterest has become a lot more human because of it. And so much so, I'm now adding my photo at the end of the story pen that says, follow me for follow me on Pinterest for more recipes, even though the little follow button will come up after that. It's almost like I want them to have the name and face with the recipe, whereas before, like it was just the recipe. And I think that has also prompted more comments. And the more comments you get, the more engagement that pin gets, the more those pins are surfaced. Like you're just, you know, checking off all the boxes the algorithm wants to see. And their commenting system now is so much easier where now they're bringing in all the, right? They're bringing in all the, the comments from videos, static pins, and story pins. And story pins by far have so many more comments and photos and people calling me by name, which they never did before. People were like, I don't know who this lady is. The comments would be between users, not between me and the user. Interesting. (laughs) Well, and I think there's an element of uh, probably Pinterest users wanted some of that, but there was no way to know if anybody ever commented or you couldn't track it down. Like they didn't have a good notification system. And I did notice last night when I was looking at some of my comments that I can tag people if I do at and then put in their name, I can tag them and then it will um, alert them too, which I thought was really interesting to have that as a feature as well. So interesting. I mean, you have to bet just having spent so many years on these digital platforms and being involved in betas and doing these types of things with these platforms, like I realized that they at some point need to be businesses, right? Like we know that. And businesses, digital businesses have to retain users on their platform because advertisers just do not want to advertise on platforms where people are just bouncing in and bouncing off. Like their ads are just not going to be seen. And even though I think, you know, I I even point blank brought that up to Pinterest. They were like, no, 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 that's not it. We really want to serve our user on the platform. And I think that some of that is true. But I also I also just have to think that like they have to retain people, which is why I don't think they're going away. I just think we need to embrace them and make them work for us. So maybe you're not doing story pins on like your top 10 most pinned recipes because ironically enough, like my top pins are still performing. I saw, I started to be honest, like using recipes that are like buried in my site that like don't get much traffic. Yeah. That aren't like SEO friendly, but are still great recipes, but it didn't have a lot of like, I didn't feel like I was really giving anything up, you know, and this Pinterest story pin algorithm doesn't really care. They just want the content and they want it to be good. So like I find I get just as many impressions on a story pin that may not be SEO friendly or may not be, you know, totally timely or seasonal, but because it's in that format is just being surfaced more. Well, and to what they told us about wanting fresh content, this is fresh content. This solves the problem, right? And so while we kind of, our our thought before is what you did. You were like, I'm going to create three images. I'm going to spend all this time. I'm going to be in Canva and all of this. And you're like, 
but wait, I could come over here and spend 20 minutes and yeah. have this really cool thing. And it serves the fresh content. And it does, and it does so many more better things. Well, it does so much more for the buck. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's less time consuming because I only do one a day. Like, this is the crazy thing, Kate. I was spending hours trying to pin the 30 pins a day and scheduling and creating the first content. And I mean, it was just like total crazy town. And now I wake up in the morning, I spend 20 minutes, I do one story pin. And that story pin can be just all static, like what you saw with the pumpkin bread. It can be a video that I shot for YouTube that is edited down that I used to post to Pinterest as a Pinterest video. But now they allow you to put video in the story pins so sometimes I do like a hybrid where I'll have like some images and then I'll put like a little 20 second video to show a technique, something that's maybe not easily described. But I'll tell you, the static story pins are great because every description you put on those pages is functioning like a keyword. Ah, uh, so, yes. Yeah, it's a keyword like minefield. Like this just it's just loaded with keywords as opposed to like a description where there's only so much you can say. But if you do a 20 page, I think that pumpkin bread thing was like 15 pages because it's kind of involved. Yeah. Do you know, like there's a lot of keywords in there, which is great. But I think to your point with a keywords, even in getting um, the searcher pulled in and then the person who's just like browsing with your images pulled in, I think one of the things that stand out about your story pins, and I'd, I'd love to hear your mindset on this is as you go through the slides, I'm becoming more involved with you in the recipe as I keep going. Like there's this want to keep moving. So let me ask this. When you are sitting down to create your story pin and you have maybe like a new recipe that comes out, is there something that goes through your mind as far as the succession of pins you want to show them? Or uh, I guess a mindset, or are you just like, let's grab whatever? <laughs> no, I, I used to do that. I, was, yeah, I used to do the let's grab whatever. But now I'm like, knowing that these story bins are getting so much exposure that they better be good. Like somebody, and I don't know, I would love to hear from Pinterest because I'm sure they're doing user betas the way they were doing creator betas. Like, are people really making these recipes just from the story pin? Like, and if they are, it better work which is why I want to make sure I add as many photos, as many steps, so that if someone really is doing that, even if it's someone who works at Pinterest, like they're going to have success. So I usually do the big, you know, like the hero vertical shot with the title. And then now I've been integrating like another shot after that, that's more of the sales piece. Like it might be a different angle, you know, like this bread is really great for the fall because X, Y, Z just to kind of get people invested of like, okay, I'm going to sit through this recipe because you just promised X, Y, Z. You know, it's like the additional sell. And then I just take them through the steps of everything that I think they need to know or making sure I'm showing each step for all the ingredients because the only thing they really have as a guide is that little ingredient tab that you click at the top. So it's kind of like a, here's what's your, here's what you're in for. See if you are down for all of this. <laughs> and then if you're at the store, this is how you're going to use all these ingredients that I'm saying you need to go buy, you know? Yeah. And some recipes like that pumpkin bread that took a lot of slides, but then I just posted one the other day about how to make um, these little Parmesan cheesy crisps. And like that has two ingredients. <laughs> so it's really more about the technique. Right. Okay, so here's a, a, this is kind of a weird question, but as you're talking, this is what I'm thinking. 
okay, we had this fresh pin thing and everybody went along with the three pins and now we have story pins. And as I listen to what you're doing, I'm even trying to figure out and I'm a different type of business. So story pins might not work the same way as a lifestyle or DIY or food creator. But I even think like, oh man, what can I do to make this work? And I think there is that question, but the question beyond that is, how do you not, how does, I don't even know how to ask it the right way, but I guess it's more like, how do you not go overboard? Like I can hear, I can hear people on the other end listening to this podcast going, she does one, I'm going to do 40. Like, I mean, (laughs) well, I think you start to cannibalize your one. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think because you are getting so many followers from this strategy, you're just going to start to clog people's feeds. Like I have seen a few bloggers do that. And I'm like, oh gosh, I, oh, my whole feed is filled up with these people's stories pin, the same person. And it's just sort of like, uh, unfollow, you know, just because there's only so much of it you can take. I don't know. I think, I, and you don't really need that much to make a difference. And they are kind of time consuming. I don't know that you would want to do like 40 at one time. I think you just, Commit to one or two a day. I mean, I, I really even think one is enough. And I think if you keep in mind the idea of a story, it really does help. Like my husband, he has a business too, and he's been having me create story pins for his account. He does like um before and after sort of landscaping projects. And so I started taking like the before shot of a project and then would show like how he manufactured the pieces and then what the installation looked like and then what the finish was. And like that, those have been good for him too. So even for your business, Kate, like I I could see using like, what are the top search terms that people want to know about Pinterest and turning that into story pins of like how to with frame grabs or, you know, whatnot. Like I think any, anything can be told in this story format. It's just fun to see the creativity of how other creators are doing it. Yeah, good point for sure. Okay, this is a strange question, but um, you said the word about adding video there. So how have you seen the story pins with video? And I I think I've seen one where you are talking and kind of explaining. (laughs) Have you seen those get good engagement too? Or do you find that like there's just the static images kind of going through? Yes, no, it's so it's so interesting. So and now they've changed it a little bit. So I, I used to have a thing on my mobile app because for some reason the video was only working in the mobile app of the story pin. Like it was hard to do it on the desktop. Yeah, so I'm not surprised. Have, They've been back and forth like crazy this past couple of weeks. Yes. Yeah, so right now we're in this other like you can't do it. But in the at the time, I would take like a one minute video that I had already done for Pinterest. And I would upload it into the story pin video app. So like you could do, you could do stills or you could do video. And then once it was in there, you can hit record and do a little voiceover. Oh. <laughs> whereas, yeah. Whereas before I had just like some, you know, music. Now I do my little recording of like, okay, here's why you want to make these cappuccino muffins. They are totally delicious. And here's what you're going to do. And it's not that hard. Really conversational as if I was explaining to someone on the phone how you would actually make this muffin recipe. And that one got like, yeah. And that one took off. It got like 8 million views in like two months. I, I know. It's like crazy. And then now you can't do that anymore. So I think what I'm... So, so to answer your question, yes, it performed equally, if not better than just the static. And then I've done the hybrid where I've done the static with some video. Um, and I think I'll probably go back to doing that. But 
to be honest, like they do just as well, just the static. So doing the video just takes extra time because I have to go back to the video, edit like a little 20 second piece, then put it on Dropbox, then download it from Dropbox to save it to my phone so that I can upload it. You know, like there's a lot going on there. Mm, and so I, many things. So many things. <laughs> but I'll tell you, you know what's really doing well for anybody who's on TikTok? Uploading your TikTok videos. I have seen that. That's so much better than like uploading my like high quality crew shot videos might get like 3,000 views. But if I just take what I did on TikTok on my phone, download it and re-upload that to Pinterest as a video, not in the story pin thing, but right. as a video, that will get anywhere from, you know, 15 to 20,000 views in just like I have- days. Yeah, I've seen that with a lot of different niches too. As I look around Pinterest, I see these TikToks popping up. And I'm like, that's very interesting because you can get all the information you need in the video. There's not like this whole huge prompt to try to move off the platform to try to get more. It's like you just get just enough. And then if they do want to find more, they can come to your profile and they can visit you and then try to figure out how to make the recipe or whatever. And it's so low... um low maintenance because if you've already created it for TikTok, you know, like you've already edited it, you've already put the graphics on it, you put the music on it, like it will show up with the TikTok watermark, which I kind of think is good because it protects you using that music because it's so, you know what I mean? Like that it's part of the platform. And also, yeah, if there are people on Pinterest that have TikTok accounts, they can follow you there. So it kind of promotes that. Yeah, that's true. Well, this has been super helpful because I think what I hear in this and what, you know, even in that initial email that we had was it's it's almost like there's and confirm for me if confirm for me if you have felt this, but this idea of um this heightened anxiety around Pinterest marketing. And this kind of brings it back down to go, you know, just follow the numbers and the stats of what you're seeing. Try new things, be willing to diversify, but don't like exhaust yourself. Don't don't go so crazy. Don't go so crazy. And also, I think it reminds me of that book. I don't know if you've ever read it. Who Moved My Cheese? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> don't be the mouse whining about someone took your cheese because you're not getting all the links back to your site with pins that you used to repin ad nauseum. You know what I mean? Like, we've all gone through that. Like, they, again, the house always wins. Like, if this is how this platform needs to work now, we need to find a way to work with it because I think we all have learned, like, through Facebook and YouTube and all of these different platforms, they are going to do what they are going to do. Even though their Pinterest creator community is important to them, I just don't... I mean, maybe they'll add the links like that would be great if they did that. But for now, I just don't think it's fair to like abandon your Pinterest strategy or give up on Pinterest when there's this new thing that can actually help it and will drive traffic to your site. It just may not be in the way you're used to seeing the Pinterest traffic. Yeah. And the possibility for growth in this story pin is pretty wide. I mean, we don't know if it's, if we're going to get promoted story pins where you can get like a swipe up type of link or how many followers your followers you have, and then you get a swipe up. There's a lot of possibility. Whereas I feel like with the static pins, we've kind of like um, exhausted all options, right? We, we know them really well. And this gives us a new opportunity go, to go down a new road. And Pinterest has said, you know, back in July that they were changing their algorithm to have that controlled distribution. They wanted story pins and video pins to end up in people's feeds. So the moment they click on one, they're going to be shown more and more. And it could be from the same creator, 
which is a pretty cool thing. So I see the same as you, like I see opportunity. And instead of pushing back on, there's just no links, see it as what else can I gain from this? And I love that your story just really testifies to that. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I think I would feel differently if I was not seeing the traffic coming because it's very hard to justify when you're a creator and you're spending all this time developing recipes, making the recipes, shooting the recipes to then give all this content for free when you've sunk so much money, blood, sweat, and tears and time and effort into it. Like I totally see where the frustration is coming from. And I was definitely there. But the fact that like I'm getting even more traffic from Pinterest this way. And I think I'm getting more brand warm fuzzies from the users who are interacting with my content than those that were coming for a single pin, getting the recipe and bouncing off. Like uh, I think, I think yes. it's better. I think the for the effort, you're getting a better experience all around because then people are coming to your website and then they may sign up for your newsletter and they're looking around your site and seeing everything you have as opposed to just coming through some back door of some recipe that you may have posted two or three years ago that may or may not be your best work. Right. That's true. <laughs> Very true. And you know, one, one thing I just thought of just now, and I know brands have pulled back a lot on sponsored work and a lot on you know of that. But this is one way that if you really do want to work with a brand, I could see this being an inroad to say, hey, Pinterest has this new thing and the impressions are off the charts and we know brands love impressions. And so it could be a good pitch for working with brands too, that if you've already proven it, you could go to somebody and be like, look at what I've proven works. Let's of course, do something. And especially since I don't think that story pins are open to brands yet. So it's something right. new and shiny that they can't even get. So Mm. all the more Mm -hmm. reason to leverage it, you know? Right, exactly. Well, Beth, I have loved hearing this story. I'm encouraged by it. And I know that there's lots of ideas that I have circulating, which is encouraging because Pinterest has felt like there have, I haven't been creative with it for a while. Like it's been a little bit of slogging through mud. And so this encourages me a lot. And where can people go to see what you're doing on Pinterest? What's your Pinterest URL and where they can go to connect with you? Sure. So on Pinterest, I'm just Ent with Beth, which is kind of annoying, but it's just a long name. So we had to abbreviate it. (laughs) E-N-T with Beth. And then my website, entertainingwithbeth.com. And there's an email there. and You can always shoot me an email if you want to get in touch. Perfect. Well, thanks so much, Beth. We always love having you on the podcast. And for anybody who wants these links, go to simplepinmedia.com slash 216. That's episode 216. And make sure you check out Beth's Pinterest page. I promise that you will be inspired and encouraged by it. And you should definitely go make the pumpkin bread because it is amazing. (laughs) It's pretty good. Well, thanks for having me, Kate. It's always nice to be with you. 